All right, what's up, everybody? This is Britt with the IRC Buzz podcast, and I'm super excited today. I uh, actually have Dr. Anthony Ramos joining me from Arosti. Anthony, how are you doing? Good, good, man. Just hanging in there. Hanging in there. Hey, well, thanks for taking some time out of your day and, and just chatting with me. Um, I know we've kind of talked uh, before, and, and uh, those that weren't around uh, about a month ago now, but uh, Rosti and Dr. Ramos came out and did a shoulder clinic that was pretty awesome. Just showing some uh, some stretches, some stuff to work on your mobility, things like that. And uh, so that was pretty cool. Thanks for coming out to the gym and, and kind of sharing your knowledge on all that. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I love doing things like that. Just trying to teach and you know, help out as much as we can. Yeah. And so to start off with... Uh, how about you go ahead and start out just maybe a little background about yourself and kind of what got you involved in Arosti? Sure. Uh, I first got interested in, in chiropractic whenever I was a freshman in high school, had a head to head collision with somebody. Uh, my neck was pretty jacked up after that. Couldn't look up at the ceiling and things like that. And um, actually happened to run into a local chiropractor and he, he took care of me. If it wasn't for him, I would have been able to play, throughout high school. Um, and then once I got into college though, playing college football, I actually had a hamstring injury that, uh, you know, you know how it is. You try to play through injury to, for your teammates, for your coaches and things like that. And really I just wasn't getting any better and basically alternated which hamstring I strained for an entire season. Couldn't run right. was having low back pain, sciatic pain, all these things trying to just push through this um, I mean, I was doing all the things I was supposed to training room for about two hours a day, practice, class, work, study jobs, all that. And at, at the end of a full day of that, I still couldn't perform like I knew I, I could. So it was really frustrating. And I had kind of started to think about how my chiropractor looked at things a little bit different whenever I was in high school. And although he couldn't really help me with what I was going through then, I'd heard there were versions of chiropractic that they focus more on the soft tissue and the rehab component of things. And so I, I decided to kind of change my major from marketing into doing everything I needed to get into chiropractic school. And throughout chiropractic school, went ahead and did all of the soft tissue seminars and movement screening and taping and all those things that I knew I wanted to practice, um, even though it was a little bit different than what I think people are used to with, with uh, conventional chiropractic. And uh, actually started my own for a little bit. And then I was turned on to a Rosti, who was a company with the same philosophy, but with a huge uh, team backing. And I mean, it was just a, a perfect fit. So uh, I, I love what we do. It, it is it is addressing the soft tissue component um, and backing up with rehab for all of our visits. And um, although that's not what everybody needs or wants when they go into chiropractic, it does fill a big unaddressed area uh, that I wish would have been around whenever I was going through that injury. Oh yeah. And so you said you, you played football. Um, where did you play football? I guess starting in high school, where, where'd you go to high school at? Yeah, I grew up in Canyon. So I played Canyon high school, played football as a quarterback there and uh, enjoyed doing that. I pretty much played everything. When football is over, you go to basketball. When basketball is over, you go to soccer. When soccer is over, you go to track, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, did a little bit of everything, but football was definitely uh, what I was the best at and what I enjoyed the most. Um, 
in freshman year in college at Eastern New Mexico. Got to play a little bit. Uh, not a whole lot of scholarships going out to five, seven quarterbacks. So I uh, went to a D2 school and uh, actually moved to receiver the second year. That's when I actually pulled my, my hamstring. And uh, uh, anyway, I, I really enjoyed it, though. I tried to be as competitive as I could. But honestly, this is just the the perfect uh, example of trying to push through injuries for so long trying to push through that for an entire season, I couldn't, I couldn't sprint to save my life for about a year and a half to two year span because my hamstrings were just so messed up. And uh, so that's why I'm 31 and one of the only guys my age that actually likes to go do sprints at the track now because I couldn't uh, back then. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I did. And um, if somebody would have just told me, well, we need to work on, strengthening this and activating this and looked at, Oh, you had this weird injury when you ripped your hip flexor off the bone in high school, which did happen to me, which kind of created a whole bunch of issues with glute activation and all these other things on that wow. side that no, nobody ever looked at because it wasn't where my pain was. So that's what we really try to get around now and why I love what we do. Cause there's a lot of detective work and sometimes it is just a simple, like, Oh, you're just, you're so tight here. That's why you can't do it. But uh, when there's other things involved with, is this activating correctly? Uh, are you able to fire the things you're supposed to when they're supposed to things like that? That's when it gets really fun and, or you really get people out of some long, uh, um, issues that they've been having. Yeah. And that's what I love. Cause I've, I've been treated there at Arosti a few times and, and that, that's, that was a big thing that I, that I really liked when I went in. It wasn't, it wasn't trying to put a band aid in like, here you go. You're, you're better now. You can go exercise it was looking right. long term and looking at what's the cause of the problem and and what mm-hmm. you uh, work on and that's what I really liked too was not only just the treatment side but also uh some of the mobility exercises and things that you know y'all y'all do such a great job sending people off and saying hey well this you know to get better you're gonna have to do this and, and that and so um I mean I sure I love that because I my experience um when I injured one of my shoulders is, uh, I actually went to uh, a shoulder, uh, specialist and they gave me a steroid shot. And I mean, honestly, first three weeks, I, you know, outside of that, I felt, I felt great. I felt amazing. I could do, I could do pull-ups. I mean, everything felt like it, it was better. And then, <laughs> uh, shortly after that three weeks, I, you know, I started feeling that pain come back. And so I went back to the, uh, the specialist and, you know, they, they looked at it again and, uh, basically he told me, Hey, well, you're going to have to, here's some painkillers lay off of, you know, lay off of it for a couple weeks, see how you feel. If you're still having pain, we'll have to come back in, give you an MRI. And then at this point, look at if surgery is going to be needed. And <laughs> at that point, right. I was like, I mean, it, it's bothering me, but I don't know if it's the extent that I need surgery. So I, I questioned mm-hmm. that. Um, and then shortly after that, that's when I found out about Arosti and, and uh, went and did my treatments. And, and I'm not saying that it was an overnight that I was fixed, but there was uh, a plan in place of what to start working on and progress to get better. And, you know, sure enough, over, over a little bit of time, um, you know, I, my shoulder did get better. What was interesting though, is that each, after each session though, you know, it, it did feel better, you know, after every time I would get, uh, work done on it. So it was, I was a believer, you know, ever since then. And, um, 
anybody that I talk to, especially people in our gym, if they are running into things, that's, you know, that's the first place I'm recommending people. Cause I know y'all, y'all take a good care of people and do a good job of, of really honing in on, on what's causing issues instead of trying to, you know, slap a bandaid on it and send you on your way. Right now. Well, we, we appreciate that. Um, and that's, that's what we strive for. I mean, not everybody is, uh, is, is a candidate for what we do. I mean, we're not going to fix anything that's broken or fully torn or anything like that, but there's such a big uh, window of, of things that are, are before you get to that point that either just go untreated and last, uh, and become just a nagging chronic injury, or they eventually do get into that next realm where you need the surgery. And uh, I think a lot of people, if they knew that there were people uh, or, or something out there that that could help them before that, they would jump to it uh, in a heartbeat uh, to know that there is a potential roadmap to that recovery. Um, and then at that point, it just becomes whether or not they actually want to follow through with it. But that's, and that's one thing that I like about what we do too, is that it, it's so, most people are there three to five times and, and that's it. Some are more, but, uh, at the very least, we should see those big changes within a couple of visits. So, uh, people aren't wasting their, wasting their time there. Um, it, you, like you said, you start to feel a little bit better after each one. And I think, uh, because people are getting better so much faster, it's a little bit easier for them to want to stick with the program and do things like that and actually see the end goal, which is them getting back to doing pull-ups pain-free again or being able to deadlift uh, and not have to have it from an elevated uh, uh, position because of their low back. They can do it normal. And um, there are some cases where people will have to modify to continue to do what they want to do because of some old injuries or whatever. But for the most part, I mean, we want to see, can we actually get you there following what we found and in completing that, that plan there? or not. And we'll have a pretty good idea of it within a couple of visits. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, I, I did want to ask because, uh, you've been, uh, working a Rosti Lubbock here. How, how long has it been? Cause I know it hasn't been, it hasn't been too long. Yeah. I've, I've been at the Lubbock office in September and, uh, started the Amarillo office back in 2016. Okay. So you were in Amarillo for, oh wow. Like what? four years three and a half years yeah yeah we we started the rosti there and then and then yeah so i guess three years and then moved up to lubbock to see what we could do with with the group here i i feel like it's a much more active community here which was a big part of why we wanted to come here and, and try to get things going in uh, lubbock mm-hmm. yeah so uh in your transition uh what are some of the big things that that you've noticed i know you just mentioned you know uh just how active the community is here. Is there anything else you've noticed kind of the difference between Amarillo and, and Lubbock? Uh, definitely you guys have uh, a lot better food chains here. <laughs> There's <laughs> yeah. a lot of places that we hadn't been to since we lived in Dallas that you kind of get burnt out of when you live there. And then when you're away, you're like, Oh man, uh, you know, Panera sounds really good right about now or La Madeline <laughs> or something. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely, you, you, there's a lot more, there's, there's more CrossFit gyms here. Um, I grew up in the Canyon Emerald area, so it was a little different going from knowing somebody anywhere I go, even in a you know, town of 200,000 people or whatever, uh, to not being the case anymore when I moved down here. But 
I mean, really, it's just as friendly West Texas people as, as I was used to up there. But, um, yeah, I definitely miss Powder Canyon. I used to go hike out there and do crazy stuff that probably should not be doing, um, especially <laughs> as I'm getting older. I do miss that quite a bit. But we love Lubbock. That are, it already feels like home for us. So Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Cool to hear. So um, I know with uh, – I mean, it sounds like you're very athletic at a young age and still continue that in, in – um, college by playing football and I know you and I we've kind of talked in that you enjoy doing CrossFit so I wanted to touch on some of that um just you know what why you like uh doing that type of fitness kind of what draw you what drew you into CrossFit and and why do you continue to do it well first off I'm a very competitive person and so kind of what I found out was for me playing basketball playing football sometimes get a little too competitive but also it seemed like I was one rolled ankle away from not being able to play basketball for several weeks or even work out, uh, which was super frustrating. So for me, actually, I would, I would get less injured doing CrossFit than I was actually playing those sports and going out there and, um, and doing those, those things. So that, that was a big part of it. I feel like CrossFit is, has so many different levels of uh, competitiveness from the very top trying to get to the games uh, to people that are, are just trying to get to where they can do more movements uh, that, that aren't, aren't scaled. And it's, that's one of the things that, that I love the most about it is that you can push yourself no matter what level you're on. You can be competitive no matter what level you're on. And I, I have to have that competitive uh, just uh, burn in me all the time. And so uh, going and being able to compete with, uh, different people in the gym or just even my own own scores um, is just something that I really enjoy doing. I don't get burned out because I know I could always get better at this or that. And I think that's one thing that makes it tough with CrossFitters right now is there's so many different uh, things you can do in the gym that we kind of get spoiled with the hundred different uh, things that could be in a workout uh, that maybe you don't have access to all those right now. But uh, even even when it would come to just mobility and things like that how how well can I sit in a squat and things like that 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 time I came and did the workout with you guys in the past I avoided anything overhead squat because I knew my ankle mobility was so bad and I mm-hmm. if I couldn't wear lifters I wouldn't do it and what did we end up doing that day like seven rounds of nine overhead squats <laughs> yeah uh, a year a year or two ago I couldn't do it but I got tired of saying man I just uh I really hate overhead squats. So I'm just going to not go those days or do something else. And finally I just, I made myself start working on my ankle mobility more. And even though it's not picture perfect yet, I can at least do it, which is, which is huge. So there's just constantly ways to, to push yourself. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's nice too, as you get older, getting to, you know, pass up some of those younger guys that always feels good. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and I like how you mentioned uh you mentioned that one thing that stood out when you were talking about that is I think when people think of CrossFit, they a lot of them immediately are intimidated about uh the style of fitness, but you mentioned just there that that you uh just over the years were realizing that you could even roll an ankle or or injure yourself just, you know, playing a pickup game of basketball or or something outside of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, actually the gym. So, and that was one thing um, that I wanted to really emphasize that a lot of people are intimidated about it, but, you know, in all actuality, if 
if you're learning the movements and you're safe, then, I mean, it's very effective and obviously the competitive side of it. And you also mentioned something that I really uh, liked that you pointed out was even if you're competing about uh, competing with somebody else, whether that's like the day of class, it's an online comp or a local throwdown, but you know, you mentioned even just competing with yourself, uh, which stood out to me because I think in general, you know, all of us want to continually to get better and, um, that was one thing for me too with CrossFit is because um, I've I've been uh, you know fairly athletic majority of my life played sports nothing on the <laughs> collegiate level like you but that was one thing too I really enjoyed was that how you could track your fitness and it just mm-hmm. wasn't a cosmetic thing either it wasn't you know oh I've lost this much weight or you know or I look this way or that way that you it was actually measurable of okay this workout I did it three months ago and I did it again and I improved my time or, you know, Hey, I kind of, you know, shifted a little bit. So I need to figure out like what I need to work on. So that was pretty interesting. You brought that up, even just competing with yourself. And I think, I think with that, it keeps you very motivated to continue uh, to stick with the fitness program compared to doing something else where, you know, it's, you know, you can lose interest pretty fast if you're not tracking your workouts, if you're not tracking like your weight, your performance, things like that. So that was pretty, uh, for sure. Pretty interesting. And, and to kind of go back to the, the injuries a little bit. I mean, I have, I have had my times where doing CrossFit that I, I hurt some things on myself that I had to take a step back and look at, okay, why did I get hurt there? And more times than not, it comes from those, the biggest reasons why we see people get hurt in CrossFit is because Either one, they aren't waiting to learn how to do the movements correctly, so they're rushing rushing through it because they just want to be competitive and, and do that, um, not listening to their bodies when their, their form is, is kind of fatiguing or something's bothering them, they just push through it. And then the second biggest thing or the other big thing that we see, it's all the old injuries that people are coming in with. And maybe not even the injury, just the fact that they sit at their desk a certain way and then they go home and they sit on their couch in a certain way. And they, they do that a majority of the day or they've had all those injuries built up that there's no way um, a coach is going to be able to pick all that apart when they see him. I mean, if I was a coach, I wouldn't be able to do it unless we did an examination on every single member every couple of weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like those are the biggest reasons why people get hurt doing that. And you can either say – well, I'm not going to do cross anymore because it hurt because I hurt myself, which really, when you take a step back, it was those reasons or like me, uh, for me, it was handstand pushups or heavy overhead. I would do those and my neck would kind of go into spasm and then I couldn't turn my head for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Well, I have two old fractures in my neck and for me, um, not using everything the way I was supposed to bounce bouncing on my head and not having control and things like that that's what was getting me there but as i started getting better about rolling out my upper traps because i was getting so tight through there as i actually started getting stronger doing strict handstand push-ups and things like that um i've actually seen that that thing that used to happen every couple of months has now happened maybe once in the past year and I'm able to do more reps and I'm lifting more weight overhead than I was. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just kind of a matter of taking a step back and looking at, do I, and there are times where maybe somebody needs to look at, 
themselves and what injury they've had and say, maybe I don't need to do that, that movement. And that's fine. You're, you know, CrossFit's not defined by, can you do all of these movements and do them perfectly? It's, are you, are you wanting to get better? And here are a lot of different things you can use to challenge yourself, do what you can kind of thing. But, um, but I, but I made a decision that I was going to at least try to work on myself and, and all that. And it turns out I could do those things once I started paying attention to those details and working through that. So, um, so yeah, I, I'm not going to say I've never got hurt doing it, but it was because of, um, things that I knew I need to work on and I've been able to see that change. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and I think a lot of what you said, you know, you mentioned it, it happens with a lot of people where it is either something underlying or, you know, something a movement they're not doing exactly right or haven't taken the time to really dial it in. So, and we all know with CrossFit too, that it is scalable. So on beginning level stuff you can do to, like you said, even games athletes, which I think what happens though is a lot of people see what games athletes are doing and (laughs) you know, it takes a lot to, to be on that, on that competitive level. So. uh, Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So it's just always interesting there. It's always interesting to see someone that does really well at your gym and then you go see like a local competition and they just get destroyed. (laughs) And then the best guy, you know, that makes it to regionals gets smoked at regionals and gets last place or something like that. Or the, the last place person at the games could, you know, just run circles around you and I, um, even though they look like they maybe didn't belong at the games. It's it's crazy. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yep. And uh, one thing you mentioned too earlier, I wanted to touch on more with, you know, CrossFitters being contained. So right now, you know, we're recording this podcast remotely because of the uh, the stay-at-home order and, and everything going on with this global pandemic with uh, COVID-19 and the coronavirus. And uh, I wanted to ask you with uh, just, we're about three weeks into this now, but with some of your additional time that you've been uh, spending at home has there uh, been anything that you've been focusing on uh, as far as like exercises or um, I know a lot of people especially like our members right now that we can't be in the gym and we don't have rovers or the bikes that a lot of our members are running is there some stuff that you're kind of taking on like during this time I tell you what it is the perfect time to start working on all of those weaknesses and and things that need to be rehabbed and all of that. I I know sometimes, and I'm, and I'm guilty of this sometimes too, of uh, you maybe need more of a warm up than what there's time for in class, but you don't show up early to do it or you don't do it before you leave to head to the gym. Uh, Now we all have a lot more time, right? So now there's really, really no excuses. So for me, I've just tried to be, a lot more intentional about doing my rollouts, doing my activations uh, uh, that I know I, I need. Um, you know, maybe some people don't really have an idea of what things they should be doing, but but really, there's there's no reason to just jump out and do things. Uh, I definitely uh, do your workout with that warming up. I have been running more as well, uh, especially since it's been so so nice outside. But um, a big problem we see with our runners is they don't really do any kind of warm up. Their warm up is their first half a mile or something and that doesn't really work either. Mm-hmm. Um we've seen quite a few runners that have issues and that's how they've done it for years. And um so really I'm 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 making sure that I'm I'm rolling out with my foam roller, my lacrosse ball before every workout and then at least one other time throughout the day. 
And even though I feel like I've been working on actually more lately, my mm-hmm. body feels better than it has because I'm actually taking the time to, to do that and work through those things. I think a lot of times people think you only roll out because something's injured and you need to fix it. But really that's rolling out is allowing my, my body to recover faster so that I can actually uh, fatigue slower and perform the way I want to. And you kind of got to change your mindset on, I'm just going to wait till something hurts right to do it. Mm-hmm. So this is a good time to start implementing some good things there. I, I saw Romwad uh, was doing like a 40 day free trial or something like that too. Oh, nice. Um, just work on some mobility. Uh, I think I saw that on, on Instagram like last week or something. So I've never done it, but I mean, a lot of, a lot of things are doing that now um, to where you can really focus on some of those things to get you better. Cause if, if I can't move down in my squat because I'm so tight, well, one, something's probably going to hurt. Uh, two, you're probably going to get a lot of no reps. We all love those. Uh, or three, if you are able to do it, you're just straining more to get there. So you are going to uh, fatigue a lot faster because you don't have uh, that movement without resistance. So it, it really goes beyond the just, I need to work on this because I'm having pain here. It, it can do a lot more for you. And if you enjoy being competitive, you really can't go without doing some of those things. So mm-hmm. um, as far as what I think a lot of people will probably struggle with, as far as injuries, uh, doing what you're able to do at home, um, it, it doesn't change a whole lot. Uh, but I'm sure there's going to be a, a lot more sitting around the house. Uh, there's gonna be a lot more just, I mean, air squats because you can't do some of the other uh, movements. Um, a lot of push-ups, things like that. So a lot of, a lot of hip flexors getting tight, especially if you're doing a lot of those ab workouts that are hip flexor dominant. Um, so we're going to see a lot of those uh, really tight during this time, uh, really tight pecs as well from doing all the push-ups and, um, you know, probably laying down, sleeping more, things like that. So uh, th- that's really the only things that I would see. I mean, there's more things in the gym that uh, to do with everything out in front of you uh, to make those areas tight anyway. Um, it's just kind of the way it is. So I, I don't know if there will be a, a huge change, but it's going to be different with every person. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, for the runners out there that are listening to this, what are, what are some stretches that you recommend? I know you mentioned that where, and I've been guilty of the same thing where like, I'm gonna go for a run and I might Mm -hmm. stretch my legs a little bit and then I just take off. So what are some things that, uh, as far as running it? Cause now we know that's, uh, to get our cardio in, that's a a big thing we can start doing here at home. What's some stretches that you recommend before kind of getting going to, to run? Yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good question. Uh, as far as a, a general, uh, look at that, what, what I usually do at least, uh, knowing with what discrepancies I have with some glute activation and, um, I have pretty flat feet and rolled ankles a few times. So I have some stability issues with my foot. And so I know my plantar fascia will start to, uh, get a little irritated if I don't do some of my uh, arch intrinsic exercises, which is basically like the core muscles of your feet where I'm just doing some squeezes with that. I'm doing lots of kind of walking up on my toes, you know, and just kind of getting everything nice and warmed up. Um, I'm making, I'm doing my glute bridges. It's really more, it's really more activation exercises. I would say even than stretches, Mm -hmm. Uh, I always roll out uh, before I even warm up. That's just a part of it. Uh, The rules that I follow is I, I roll out, I warm up, do the exercise, 
Then I do my long stretches after, and then ice those areas that bother me, which you can get a whole other argument about heat or ice, but ice always feels better to me. So that's what I do. But, um, I, I would say making sure that you're, if you are running, think about how repetitive that movement is, um, for your, for your calves and for your hips and things like that. So I'm always, uh, getting my calves nice and warmed up. Uh, I am doing some just kind of hip extension, uh, glute activation exercises, making sure that I'm not uh, just hyperextending in the low back, which is something we have to usually correct in the office quite a bit. Um, and just getting everything warm there because, um, it, it seems like a lot of our runners are one stepping off a curb wrong or having to move quickly because of a, a car that's not paying attention or something away from something not being ready for that. And, and then straining something. So, um, really it's, it's that just make it sure you're warm, just like as if you were going to do a CrossFit workout, you're not just going to jump into it. Same. You can do the same things. Anything that you're doing to get your body prepped, warmed up, get things moving is going to be helpful for you. Mm -hmm. Cool. And, uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you and what in your recommendations, because I know with, uh, social distancing and a lot of people now having to work from home, and they might even have an office job as well. But I know uh, with a lot of people I've talked with that if they are working from home, that they're sitting down a lot more than what they're used to, to doing. Because even now with even the restaurants and stuff where you can't go dine in, mm -hmm. so you're, you're at home all day and, and you're sitting a whole lot. Is there some things that you recommend um, to just kind of counteract as much as you're sitting down? Um, like, is, is it getting up, taking a walk? Or what do you kind of recommend just – to, to counterbalance, uh, sitting down so much uh, throughout the day. Yeah, that's going to be the tough one for sure. Uh, yeah, just getting up and moving around. I mean, even if, even if you have a stand up desk, uh, I mean, standing for too long is, is not great either. And the positions that you let yourself get into there. So I would say if you, if you have a way to, uh, maybe sit down for part of it, uh, part of your, your work day and, and stand up for part of it. Um, you know, getting up and moving around with whatever your time allows, whether it's every 30 minutes or every hour, um, that's, that's always a great for our people that do have to sit most of the day, just doing seated glute squeezes, just to wake those, those glutes up a bit. You get that, what they call gluteal amnesia, which is basically you've been sitting on them all day. So they haven't had to do anything. So those glute muscles uh, that do so much for us as far as driving power, helping stabilize the hips and low back, they kind of just shut off. And then mm -hmm. if your goal is I'm going to sit down uh, and work all day and then my thing to get me through is I'm going to go work out right after I'm done. Well, you're going to have to spend quite a bit of time activating those glutes that haven't done anything all day. And uh, most people probably aren't going to do that uh, the way they should. And then that's going to end up being something that, that slows you down uh, in the future. So yeah, I, I would say, just trying to move as much around as you can um, do a, do a few of those glute activation exercises and that'll be really helpful. And then the hip flexors, I'm sure will be uh, kind of tight for people that are sitting all day as well. So that, that'll, that would probably be the, the big ones there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah. Some helpful advice there. Um, so in regards to a Rosti, I know with this different time we're going through, What's uh, y'all's operation been like here recently, and, and what's some of the common injuries that that you've seen here here lately that people are getting worked on? I mean, these definitely are different 
different times uh, right now. So things have slowed down a bit there, but I'm really excited that Arosti is always trying to be as uh, innovative as possible. And, and they were actually working on some things prior to all this anyway, that actually allows us to do some different telehealth options. So currently we are still seeing uh, patients in the office and going through all of the necessary things with that. We're screening our patients' calls or screening our patients the day before, making sure they're not feeling under the weather, fever, or anything like that. We have uh, we have the touchless thermometers there at the office too, so we can check people there, have all the medical grade cleaning supplies and all of those things. So we're doing everything we can there for the patients that are still coming into the office, um, making sure that there's not more than just the, the, the patient there at a time, things like that. But uh, for the patients that are maybe under quarantine or don't feel safe coming out just yet. Um, Arosti does have the telehealth option now where uh, you are actually going through a a visit just like you would normally with us. Every visit's an hour long. First half's with me going over the history, evaluation, exam, all those things. Then we'd go through the treatment. The second half is all the rehab based off of what we found. Uh, It's the same model going to be just like a Skype, uh, almost like a Skype call, but through a secured uh, app that we use. And once it becomes time to treat, then we are teaching them how to use that lacrosse ball, that foam roller to treat those areas that we would treat so that they're able to get some benefits. So it may not be our normal uh, three to four visit average that we have as a company, but it it is going to really help them make some changes and hopefully not take uh, much more than than what our normal visits would be um but it's a it's just a really cool way for us to get to continue that on and as a matter of fact they finally gave us all the numbers for it today anybody that has a copay or uh, as a co-insurance um cost when uh, when they would come in to see us they actually don't have to pay anything out of pocket so essentially you're not having to pay for an evaluation to see what's actually going on with you and then get to go through that whole visit at no cost to you um, and, and that's a, that'd be a great way for people to work through some things, um, as they're struggling to get out and get back to normal life. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about how Arosti's really stepped up and been able to really help out a lot of people through this, uh, despite all the, all the challenges. So, yeah, wow. That's, that's amazing. That whole program. And you hear about a lot of companies having to pivot, having to, to change mm-hmm. up what their primary offering is and it's hard with social distancing that all these service-based businesses that are used to being in contact with people, but that's really cool about uh, Rosti, what they're doing. And then, I mean, you can't really beat, especially if you're set up already with your copay really helps out on trying to target, you know, what's going on that you can still get Mm -hmm. that same uh, expert service, even remotely. Uh, That's pretty incredible. That's awesome. So they're rolling that out. Uh, you mentioned, is it today or is it still up, up and coming? Uh, it, it started this week. So yeah, it's, it's going, um, it's really a little bit of everybody kind of pitching in because normally you can't waive copays and things like that. Um, but the insurance companies have shifted their rules a bit too, and, and are allowing that kind of thing so that people can get the help that they need. But no, that's, that's going on right now. At the moment, we're not able to take new patients just yet. Um, unless they come into the office first, just because if I need you to treat an area, but you've never been in, so you've never got any of the tools to actually work on those areas, then you can't actually, you know, treat those at home. So at the moment, at least it has to be an existing patient, 
uh, or somebody that's currently going through a, a case. But we are still open in the office for the time being and taking all those precautions. Mm-hmm. But uh, hopefully they will have the the new patient resource soon. I, I'm guessing they would just have to email them uh, or not email, mail them a lacrosse ball or foam roll or whatever that looks like mm, um, yeah. if we have to. But yeah, it's it's neat. I mean, you can kind of, at this time, you can you can kind of sit down and um, just kind of sulk and feel sorry for yourself and wait for things to go from bad to worse, or you can try to improve things as best you can. And I'm I'm definitely proud to be a part of this company and, and see what they're doing to make an impact. And um, it'll be interesting to see where things go from here. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. All right. Well, Anthony, I think we're approaching kind of our, our timeline here. Uh, I do want to just mention if you want to, I know you've covered quite a bit of information on how if somebody wants to get a hold of Arosti, but just to kind of recap, yeah. um, what is the best way uh, that if a new patient needs to uh, needs to get something look at, looked at? Yeah, you can look online. This is Arosti.com. Um, even if it's not for this area, you can, you can search on their provider for your area, um, or you can call 800-404-6050. Uh, and they're going to tell you exactly what your cost is going to be before you ever even come in. So no, uh, no surprises there. And then once you're an established patient, you can actually just do everything online through your patient portal and you never have to call anybody to set that up. So yeah, that's how you get set up. We're just off of uh, Chicago and, and 289 here, you know, just on the other side of the mall, actually. Nice. Cool. Awesome. Well, sure. Well, uh, again, I thank you for your time. Thanks for all the uh, the insightful information. I mean, I know being stuck at home and kind of being cooped up that everyone uh, needs to, you know, still realize that health and fitness is still priority, even though there's not a physical location you can go into. And with uh, all your knowledge all right. that you have about stretching and, and, you know, focusing on areas that you want to take care of, I mean, it's been, been very helpful uh, just you explaining some of that stuff today so i really appreciate it yeah well thanks thanks for having me i mean just the fact that you want to do stuff like this shows you care about your members and you uh, you care about their well-being and and um I'm, I'm honored for you to have me on your podcast yeah definitely anthony and uh as soon as all this clears up we are going to look at uh getting you back in the gym uh like i said when we started the podcast uh, it was awesome came out with the shoulder clinic and definitely want to do some more stuff like that so uh, hopefully sooner than later <laughs> we can, we That's can right. uh, work together back in, in person. Well, perfect. Can't wait. All right. Anthony. Hey, thanks again. And, uh, we'll, we'll talk to you later. All right. Take care, man. All, All right. Bye. Thanks.